0: So we're going to follow on from where we were last uh, over the last few weeks. So grace, Holy Spirit, um, obviously it's all connected. Covenant, Grace, Holy Spirit, and we're exploring that. Today we're going to have a, a bit of a deeper, more in-depth look at the Holy Spirit and the relationship um, between God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and us. Um, it, it takes quite a little, it takes quite a walk to walk away from the old idea of the Trinity.
1: Mm.
0: So, the Trinity idea we wouldn't say is, is wrong for the immature person in the beginning of their walk. Mm. But we don't want believers to remain at immature. that place. Uh, so, obviously there's steps, you follow certain steps to come to the revelation of God, but we want to walk towards maturing in the things of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, I think I'm just quickly going to wipe this out. Right. okay now you can start us off let's start with the scriptures we discussed this Mm. yeah we're going to start there
2: okay let's go to hebrews chapter 6
0: hebrews chapter 6 So some of the steps that I intentionally follow, uh, with the discipleship of, of believers is to initially introduce a person to the possibility that we should have a relationship to the Holy Spirit. In those first steps, we do introduce the Holy Spirit as a person and so we, it is necessary, as the Bible does, to then differentiate uh, between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that we can, almost like um, like an, an infant, start to understand ourselves in context to God. But then as we grow, the perspective is going to change. So we start off encouraging people. Okay, why do we have to encourage people to to uh, cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit as a person in the beginning. Simply because uh, out of religion, a lot of people come out of religion knowing that the Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. But especially if people had come out of, say, the Dutch Reformed um, stream or the Presbyterian stream or or even, even the Baptist stream, the Holy Spirit is kind of part of your belief system, but not you don't directly interact too much with them.
1: Mm.
0: And so the Holy Spirit is never really unpacked, before, and that's mm. very important. So I've seen a tremendous changes in people's spiritual walk in the past, when, for instance, uh, you're working with Presbyterians, Methodists, uh, Catholics, you basically just... One of the first steps is to go, what's your relationship with the Holy Spirit like? Mm. And usually they go like, well, we know that the Holy Spirit is part of God, but I don't really... Most of them don't interact or think about Him (coughs) at all. And the moment that you encourage them to start cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit, their spiritual life comes alive. Mm -hmm. Now, if you walk a road with a person then later on, you want to kind of undo what you had to do in the beginning. (laughs) Unfortunately.
2: Reverse psychology.
0: (laughs) So in the beginning you want to kind of demystify the way that you interact with the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then later on you have to uh, consolidate all of that again.
2: Especially because in the beginning, not only in terms of the Holy Spirit, but most people don't really know how to relate to the idea of the Triune or the Trinity at all. Uh, it's much easier to go with the idea of one God, but the moment we start looking at the aspects of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now what? Um, And so it's not only just demystifying the idea of the Holy Spirit, because He surely is the most complicated of the three, uh, but to kind of demystify the entire idea, and then to slowly bring it back to one God later.
0: Mm. If you say to somebody, God the Father, they have context
1: mm-hmm.
0: because they had fathers, inevitably. Whether they knew them or not, they still had a father mm-hmm. somewhere. Um, uh, and then of course, Yahushua is the Son of God dying on the cross that is a picture that people can relate to can relate to. Mm-hmm. Okay, but now the Holy Spirit, I mean, what do you do with, with that? Okay. Now, so we're in the process of consolidating the one God Yahweh again. All right. Okay. So that we can understand. This does not mean, what we're going to talk about today, doesn't mean that you now stop the initial relationship with the Holy Spirit. I still greet him every morning. Mm-hmm. Although my understanding of who he is has grown exponentially over the years, He's just gotten better and better and better. Okay. Um, I read somewhere about a couple that over lockdown met met uh, online uh, on Facebook or something, and then eventually after the lockdown they got to meet each other and they moved in together. Okay, it's almost like that. Okay. <laughs> Initially,
2: <laughs> interesting, please explain. Please clarify.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, no, it's, it's a, it's a it's worldly, worldly thing.
2: <laughs> He's not saying that's okay.
0: Worldly thing. But, um, so, so, I mean, it's ridiculous that people could randomly meet uh, on Facebook or whatever and then start talking so much that they get to, to know each other better and then eventually, aha, we met face to face a whole new world opens up, and uh, it's almost like that. I mean, in the beginning, you start off by saying hello to the Holy Spirit. You've got no idea who He is. You understand nothing about His complexity, His character, His person. You just say, hello. <laughs> kind of, it starts there. It's already a relationship.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, then you realize He's responding back to you. And now the... Relationships going to unfold. Now, we're at a stage now, in our walk, where we're actually going to, we're meeting face to face and we're realising who He really is. Mm -hmm. Okay? And if you do walk out this road, you'll realise the Holy Spirit doesn't look the way you thought He did. (laughs) He's not who you thought He was, and um, He doesn't speak the way you thought He, because the person that, the people that met on Facebook, I mean, until they do their first video call, you don't even know what his voice sounds like. Mm-hmm. So all you have to work your, uh, work with is the way he writes.
2: <laughs> Grammar, punctuation. See the problem here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and why this is important, it's important to unpack this because for a lot of people, they'll, they'll walk out their relationship with God and be in church for years and they'll work according to that initial idea they had of the Holy Spirit, the way he talks. And they'll... Listen to him according to that first thing. It's like the, uh, 10 years after they actually met each other and moved in together, got married, the person still only wants to communicate via Facebook.
2: It can't be 10 years later then. <laughs> Not that chance.
0: It's like, I want to tell you something, yeah, write it for me, send me a message. Inbox me. <laughs> Okay, we're laughing because we wouldn't do that in real life. Yet, that is my experience when it comes to believers in the church. They want to hear God the way they heard Him initially, or the idea they had of it.
2: Similar to a child forever wanting their parents to speak to them in baby language. (laughs) Okay, so, and this is what happens
0: to a lot of believers, because the initially they have the Holy Spirit leading them into a relationship and then he becomes quiet in the experience of the believer. It's only because he does not want to continue speaking baby language to you. Mm -hmm. So now you keep relating to him in the same way and nothing nothing happens. And so most believers try and force God back into that initial relationship insist on it see the problem Mm. now we don't want that to happen to anybody Mm. so we want to understand him for who he is Okay. now wouldn't you be shocked if you were in your quiet time expecting the Holy Spirit to speak to you as always and he spoke to you according to the mindset, the authority and in the voice of Abraham when he was more than a hundred years old after everything that he had experienced with God, how would that go? What if God spoke to you with the um, voice and the mindset, the understanding of Moses mm-hmm. after all those years in the desert? Moses is not going to use little nice little terms to make you feel comfortable. No. I, think, I think if I had to encounter Moses
2: now that would be pretty tense.
0: Imagine encountering Moses, kind of, towards the very end of the journey. If they came and said Moses is asking you, you must come to his tent, he wants to talk to you, I'd run.
2: Mm-hmm. Crawl on your face. No I'd run away. I'd like
0: I'll I'm going to take my chances with the Amalekites.
2: <laughs> I don't know. What if it does work out?
0: Okay, I probably wouldn't run, but do you understand? I would. I would say, give me ample notice. I need to three be three days in please, to
2: cleanse myself. And cleanse
0: myself. Go back and read the entire Bible again.
2: <laughs> no sleep, no food, no water, no nothing. I would be tense, Okay, I'd be anxious.
0: I would be scared if Moses said, "What? He sends Joshua to come call me." I won't even open the door for No, Joshua. no, exactly.
2: I was just going to say, uh, please, I need three days. I'd be, under, days, I'd be the hiding later. under
0: the bed.
1: <laughs>
0: what if you're just walking in the wilderness, minding your own business, you come around the corner, or around the tree, and there's...
2: Around the tent. There's
0: Abraham, by coincidence, just uh, on the other side of the same tree. I would fall down on my face. I'd pass out. <laughs> yeah, probably. If I knew those Abraham, okay, and these are just the men and women of God that we're talking about. Right? Just to give us some context if we are going to mature in God, then we are increasingly going to encounter the Holy Spirit in his fullness. Mm-hmm. The way he really is. Now he is love. But not the kind of love that I have with my parrot, that love relationship. It's not the kind of love because we cannot make the mistake to think that's the love the Bible talks about. <coughs> right? Because if I want my parrot to like me, I just give him a nut. And he's happy. That's about it. That's that's the relationship. Okay? And his affection is Sit on my shoulder. Okay, so there's no depth to the relationship, really. Mm -hmm. So we want to grow into a deep relationship with Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So we have to open our minds and embrace the change.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. That's what we're going to look at today. So we have looked at grace. Grace is amazing. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, But grace means that we include it in something. And you can't go and come back whenever you please when you're in, you're in does it make sense? okay, now let's talk about that grace picture mm-hmm. the ring wall protecting the seed on the inside who are you inside with? imagine a room Say the Lord says to you I want you to come into this room And then you will be, you have salvation. Okay, did you realize that he's inviting you into a room with Samuel, the prophet? Are you realizing that's that's what the inside of grace is? That's that space where you are inside with Samuel and with Elijah. Samuel hacked people to death, Elijah hacked people to death. They proclaimed the things. Isaiah and Jeremiah's is in there. Ezekiel and Paul. I think I <coughs> just. Paul was m- yeah, young.
2: Paul. <laughs>
0: oh boy. <laughs> I would not say a word. I'd mm-hmm. be the. They would think I'm mute. Mm. You're
2: like, hi, how are you?
0: <laughs> if Paul asked the question, I would not go like this or this. I would just stare at Yeah, it.
2: no expression, poker face. I would offer. Uh, and then
0: just avoid eye contact. Poker face.
2: Poker
0: face. <laughs> I'm not going to give any indication of what I'm thinking.
2: And then just try not to twitch.
0: Okay, the moment John walked in my direction, I would find the furthest corner. It would be actually running around the room, (laughs) all the time, to try and not come into his presence. Imagine John had to walk past you. How scary would that be? Okay, now it gets worse. (laughs) <laughs> the Lord Yahushua is in that room with all his glory. Okay, that's what we have been invited into. That's grace. Okay, so now that beautiful picture of being included, it's wonderful news that we included. Okay. I just want us to get that that place that we're gonna be we invited into they all in there. And then you put me in there. Okay, what kind of sense does that make? I'm well, going to stick you out like a sore thumb.
2: <laughs> I mean, you, you go in there, the rest of us don't. Exactly. <laughs> because, like, you go test the water first.
0: <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> I came out and went like, it's okay, guys. Come in. <laughs> now, all right, so... So, do we understand? It's because we were, that's why eternity mindset is so extremely important. So that we can understand who we really are, and why we can be there inside.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: So that we, we never fall into condemnation, despite the fact that we are still immature in the spirit. We're still learning. It's fine. They all have to learn as well. So see, if um, Peter, Peter gave me a look because I did something stupid, I'd go like, Peter, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Remember what you did. <laughs> <laughs> as <if. laughs> That's the other side of grace, right? We're saved by grace. We are justified because He decided to justify us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, now, the, we're talking about all of this so that we can understand the Holy Spirit. So everybody wants the presence of the Holy Spirit, okay? We've got to get a good perspective on mm-hmm. what is that. and that's why we walk in a certain way we understand and this is it's the first group of people ever that I've seen that actually maintain an attitude of honoring the Holy Spirit Okay, so if we're going to gather together in the presence of the Holy Spirit and in the Holy Spirit, we're in that room mm-hmm. together that's why we don't allow our thoughts to do whatever our thoughts wants to do. Don't dare you think about your chicken in the oven. <laughs> okay, so that's why, we, that's why we've learned self-control and order when we fellowship together in the presence of the Lord.
1: <laughs> then, then,
0: I went to another very big church the kids were running around playing. The people would have conversations while the pastor's praying in the front. Because they were free. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they didn't understand who the Holy Spirit is. Mm-hmm. Now, I bet you if um, Abraham walked into the room, they would stop.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But they didn't understand that the believer sitting next to them mm-hmm. was. As important as Abraham, if he was in the Lord,
1: mm. Mm.
0: that's why we honor each other, mm. the way we do. That's why we value each other, the way we do. We are equal, fellowship of believers, but the equalness is up there, not down here. Does that make sense? Now we can have a look at the Holy Spirit. Scriptures. Mm. Thank you. Okay. Where are we?
2: Hebrews chapter 6. Okay.
0: (coughs) Hebrews chapter 6.
2: And we're reading verse 13 to verse 20. For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so, after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them An end of all dispute. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation. We have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Yahushua, having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek." This
0: hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Yahushua, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. The next scripture.
2: Ephesians chapter 2. Verse 18, for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father.
0: (coughs) Let's go back Mm. to Hebrews and explain to us the
2: connection. Ok.
0: Well firstly exp- explain to us the covenantal hope, the anchor of yes. Yeah.
2: Ok. So in Hebrews chapter 6, uh, the scriptures that we read, uh, I'm assuming is quite well known by now in this group of believers, as we have done it a few times before. So I'm just going to recap. <coughs> what we see is explained here is in effect the covenant promise of God that was made to Abraham. So it says that in the olden days, uh, an oath, it says an oath was a confirmation and an end of all dispute. So an oath was not just a promise in the sense that we understand it in the modern world. An oath or a promise was a form of covenant. And most of the times it was covenant, which makes it unbreakable. And what we see happens here, um, is that it says that God made a promise to Abraham, but he didn't just promise, make promises to Abraham based on nothing. He actually (coughs) swore by himself. Now, swearing by himself, might sound like it's just him going like I will do this and I will do this and it's just one but then we see that later on he says in verse 18 that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie we might have strong consolation and so you see that it says that God swore by himself but now there are two immutable things and this is where we start seeing uh, the covenant promise start gaining access into the covenant promise that was made between the father and the son and remember that they are one which is why it can why Paul could write that God swore by himself but the moment we start looking at two immutable things we start seeing that this was the promise made between the father and the son the covenant that was cut between the father and the son and that in effect the hope which is the anchor of our souls is not just the promise or the covenant that God made with Abraham. It was actually the covenant that the father and the son made with each other and then promised to Abraham and invited Abraham to come into. And this is the same with us. This is what happens to us. And this is why this hope is the anchor of our soul. So the covenant itself, itself is not just the anchor, even though that in itself would have probably been enough but it is also the fact that the Father and the Son swore to each other, made covenant with each other and promised by each other that this would be true. So it becomes the everlasting covenant and this is the anchor of our soul.
0: Anchor. Now (coughs) when the scripture says anchor of our soul, we have done this before, I want to reiterate, you read this, common sense would go like this is extremely important highlight it says this is the anchor of our soul who doesn't need an anchor for the soul okay, what do, what will this do practically for us I don't have to ever again doubt my security in the Lord, my security in salvation never again should I feel insecure or doubtful about my positioning, my relationship with God. It's no longer dependent on how well I'm doing. It's no longer dependent on the moments where I am living righteously and the moments where I falter or where I sin. No longer dependent on that. I have an anchor for my soul. And the anchor for the soul is that I'm excluded from this deal. I'm going to be brought into the deal after it's been made by the, the Father and the Son. The agreement. They make an agreement with each other based on their character and their ability. Based on their commitment and their fulfillment of their commitments, Their faithfulness. And then I'm brought into that without having to fulfill any of it. See, it changes everything. That's why it's the anchor of our soul. And this becomes hope. Whenever you read hope in the scriptures, it, it's, this is the hope that it's talking about. Now, if there was ever a chance that any of the two parties to this covenant did not uphold any part of it, the other would know because both of them know all things. <laughs> See how secure we are in this covenant.
1: Mm.
0: Now the two immutable things, let's just be fair, uh, proper systematics. If we think back of the occurrence of the cutting of covenant with Abraham, (coughs) there could be one of two aspects, it's the Father and the Son, or it could refer to the two objects that is um, involved in the visionary supernatural uh, cutting of Covenant with Abraham. That was the oven and the torch. The one represents judgment. The other one represents, the torch <coughs> represents the Holy Spirit's salvation action. It also represents the light of the Word. Okay. Which basically represents the entire salvation plan. Okay. So, a combination of these ideas, because we can't exclude the, that in the idea, but basically this represents the reality of that covenant, covenantal uh, agreement that they make with each other. Mm-hmm. The picture that's given to us is the oven and the torch. The burning oven, those who do not believe in Him and surrender their lives to them will face the burning oven. Those who do come to him will be met by the torch. Light of the world. You become the light. Uh, Tongues of fire on the believers. All all those. Okay. Holy Spirit. Now. We're going to focus on hope. Okay, next scripture.
2: Okay, back to Ephesians? or? Uh,
0: Yeah, the next one on the list.
2: Well, so the next one on the list was Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. It said, for through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father.
0: Yeah, and then the next one.
2: Okay, the next one is Galatians (coughs) chapter 3. We're reading verse 14 to verse 18. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles... In Messiah Yahushua, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men. Though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say unto seeds as of many, but as of one, and to your seed who is Messiah. And this I say that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Messiah, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise.
0: Okay. Complex, but we're going to break it down. Okay. Might look a little bit complex. Right. Let's focus, let's zoom in on, okay, so we've zoomed in on hope. Now we are zooming in on the promise. The promise. What is the promise that is made to Abraham? See if you can answer it. What is the promise made to Abraham? Yes. Um, is it yes. I <laughs> Multiply. Yes. Okay. Now, in practice, from just from the story memory, what is the Promise made to Abraham what is he hoping on? okay he's hoping on what yes the in picture is that for him right where he's standing he just wants a son okay why is that important? <coughs> okay if Abraham doesn't have a son
2: shouldn't store anything
0: Okay. Remember, Abraham's faith is also based on Messiah dying on the cross. And Messiah has to come from his lineage. Now he's walking around, he's going like, I don't have a son, which means I don't get resurrected. Because if Yahushua doesn't die on the cross... then Abraham's faith is for nothing. Imagine knowing this. Imagine him walking around knowing these things. Yes, as a man, he wants a son to inherit everything. What has he got to that should be inherited? All the blessings, everything that God has given him. The knowledge of God, the faith that is in him. Remember, God called him out, and led him according to an unfolding promise. Right. Okay. Now, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles, the nations, in Yahushua Mashiach, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through (coughs) faith. So, the, us receiving the Holy Spirit is connected to the blessing of Abraham. Are you seeing this? What does this do? <coughs> See, a lot of what we're doing is we want, to, we want to reposition all the believers and get us away from that me individually, I was luckily saved. I received the Holy Spirit. Now I can now and then receive a prophetic word and I can pray and then I'll go to heaven. We want to move away from that picture so that we can be part of the big picture, part of the whole, right? Okay. <clears throat> so, us receiving the Holy Spirit is directly connected to the promises of Abraham, the blessing of Abraham. Now, what's that blessing? We'll continue. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men, though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed, where the promise is made, (coughs) and does not say unto seed, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Messiah. And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Messiah, that it should make the promise of no effect. God gave the inheritance to Abraham by promise. That's what it says in the next verse. God gave the inheritance to Abraham by promise. Now, I know you guys, you know this already, you can figure it out. If we read inheritance, where else, where do we, where do we find in scripture enough information to let us understand what inheritance Think about inheritance scriptures. The inheritance that we received, what does it say? Where is it? If we speak about our inheritance, what do we say? Our inheritance?
1: In
2: Messiah.
0: So read what it says here in Galatians. (laughs) For if the inheritance is of the Lord, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Okay. So there's a promise. What does Messiah say when He talks to His, his, his disciples about the uh, coming of the Holy Spirit? He says what? What does He say about the promise? What is the wording? Who we can remember? When Messiah is talking to His disciples about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, He says what? what is the, we, can, we can remember? You did it. Then, yeah. yeah? You can go up with <laughs> <laughs> The
1: Father will send you the promise.
0: The Father will send you the promise. And the Son will ask of the Father to send them the promise. <coughs> so now we begin by understanding just, oh, the promise is the Holy Spirit.
2: It's in Acts chapter 1, verse 4.
0: Okay, but this this concept of the promise now becomes exponentially bigger.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Because it's the promise that was given to Abraham, but the promise was to the seed. Mm -hmm. Then Messiah, who is the seed, says to his disciples, I will ask the Father and he will send you or give you the promise. So now this becomes huge. there's something eternal called the promise that Abraham is gonna receive and come into yet the promise is made to the seed. And God gives this promise to Abraham. Oh, this inheritance to Abraham by promise. Okay. So now the promise, the Holy Spirit and the inheritance becomes connected. Okay. Now, we can start looking at the Holy Spirit from just... Now we can go to the scriptures that relate to the Father and the Son. Work through those. Yes. Are
2: we going to come back to this? We are. Okay. Okay.
0: Um. Okay, just while she's paging there, this book, this book. Okay. And I trying to understand, they formulated, yes, it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. It was written by whom? Who wrote this book? seed, <laughs> perfect minute. Okay. Somehow, Christianity has managed to separate those two concepts. Yes, it was written by men, but it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. They only used them to write it. Mm -hmm. Not so. If you take everybody and put them together, so let's gather all those that were part of the formulation of this witness. Everybody that played a part, that wrote parts of it down, that did part of it, that witnessed a part of it, you put all of them together. <coughs> <laughs> so we maintain we have one author.
1: Yes.
0: And yet many authors over strewn over time one word written by many people Okay, we'll get back to that just now.
2: <laughs> okay. So, <clears throat> I'm going to read us some scriptures. I'll I'll t- shout out the verse references. You write them down so I can read fast. Okay. <coughs> so these are scriptures that tell that confirm that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Messiah or the Spirit of the Son. Okay, let's just read and then we'll explain. So the first is in Romans chapter 8, verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if if indeed Okay, now this is a double whammy. If indeed the Spirit of Yahweh dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the spirit of Messiah. He is not his. So they already go like, okay, wait, is there two spirits? The spirit of Yahweh and then the spirit of Messiah. Which, okay. Read it from
0: the beginning again. And listen carefully.
2: But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. <laughs> but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of Yahweh dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the spirit of Messiah, he is not his. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. 2 Corinthians. So it says very
0: clearly the spirit of Messiah. Mm
2: -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sorry. No, no, no. 2 Corinthians, chapter 3, verse 17. Now the Lord is the spirit. and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty." Okay, and then 18 says... Okay, pause.
0: Yeah. pause. Okay, we, we, we want to undo, because remember, we understood these scriptures in a certain way because we were positioned in a certain way. Yeah. We spoke on this as somebody positioned us in a way that we would look at it from the wrong perspective. And that would cause us to understand these things in the wrong way. From the perspective that, from the positioning that we had, the way we understood these scriptures made a lot of sense. Read it again for us, please.
2: Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty.
0: That phrase, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. What did you understand it to mean before? How many times have people I'll tell you what, people read this over and over. I can go into any church right now, and I won't find one person that understands this verse. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Where is the spirit of the Lord? <laughs> But we think, oh, if the Spirit of the Lord is coming, it's going to be with me or in my situation or in my channel. I'm, Lord, I have this business meeting that's coming. Um, please be there. There. Because, you see, if you can just be there in that moment, that will be where the liberty of the in Lord is. You see. So just take half an hour, be there with me, and that will... What? what? How foolish are we? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So, if I want to walk in that liberty, where do I have to be? <laughs>
1: uh,
0: it's actually simple. Mm-hmm. See, why, why could we look at it now and go like, Oh, that's what it means. Because we've been repositioned. Mm-hmm. See how the positioning will determine what you see, what you hear, what you understand, your perspective. Okay, Table Mountain, extraordinary landmark when it comes to South Africa, one of the wonders of the world. Okay, until you go up into an airplane and then look at Table Mountain from above, then it's just part of a mountain range, am I right?
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> Kilimanjaro, extraordinary. No, until, you, until you're not looking from it uh, at it from the side, but from the top, yeah. then it's just part of a mountain range. See how perspective will mm-hmm. change what you see and understand. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Mm-hmm. When someone says Mount Everest, somehow we try and picture this, I, Mount Everest has become the, the, uh, the summit. Mm-hmm.
1: Isn't it? Mm-hmm.
0: It's not true. Mm-hmm. We've just made it the summit. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing from Mount Everest's perspective. It's just another part of a big mass of rock. Does that make sense? Okay, so let's carry on with okay. this idea.
2: Galatians 4 verse 6 And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Our Father.
0: What just happened to the third person of the Godhead? Do we have only two persons in the
2: in Yahweh? Well, let me read the rest of the scripture. <laughs> 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 let us continue reading, and then we will know. Okay, one Peter chapter one verse eleven. Uh, searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Messiah who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Messiah and the glories that would follow.
0: So we're talking about the people in the Old Testament.
2: Yeah, so this is part of a sentence. Okay, okay. I'll read. The, should I read the sentence?
0: Read the whole thing again, yeah.
2: Of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you Searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Messiah who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Messiah and the glories that would follow.
0: Do you see why it's so important that what we have been busy doing, just dismantling the timeline? How important this becomes when you read a scripture like this, yes. because they, because of the lie of the linear timeline, they've divided the, the Bible into Old and New Testament. Then they, uh, they, they created different dispensations of God. They've gone as far as saying yes. In the, 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 if you go to the Trinity doctrine, part of it is God as the Father works in the Old Testament with these people, but then a Messiah as the Son comes in the Gospels and and then after the resurrection the Holy Spirit works with the New Testament Church absolute nonsense it's scary yes misrepresentation of the entire Bible and you know what that's what they teach in most uh, seminaries what does this say How can they come up with that? You know, they even teach you in Bible school that in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit just came upon people, but in the New Testament, He he's, He's brought out in people. That's what they teach you, Bible school. Read it again, please, the whole thing.
2: Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you,
0: Prophesied of the grace, so now that we've identified what grace is, the grace that would come to you, it, this is written to the nations the Gentiles, so we have to see it in context to the rest of this, the scripture. so the, the dispensation of grace, that scripture is written specifically in context to Paul, through Revelation, uh, being able to explain to them, or well, Peter, uh, hey?
2: Peter, but it's, I mean, the
0: same thing. It's Peter. No, no, I'm not talking about uh. that scripture. <laughs> I'm talking about another scripture. Uh, I'm right. talking about the dispensation of grace scripture. Okay, okay. So, so, Paul, according to the revelation that was given to him, if we, if we read the scripture, it says dispensation of grace. Okay. He's speaking about it in context to the nations being brought into the same grace. Yeah, he says the prophets. We're prophesying about that grace that would come to the nations. So grace doesn't become all of a sudden a New Testament thing. The only difference is that in under the the the, the provision of the finished work of Messiah, the nations can be brought back into nations your Gentiles is your faith. Can be brought back into inclusion, Messiah. Okay. Makes sense. And then, read the rest. (coughs)
2: Uh, Prophesied of of the grace that would come to you, searching what, or what manner of time, the Spirit of Messiah who was in them was indicating, when He testified beforehand, the sufferings of Messiah and the glories that would follow.
0: Read it again. Listen carefully. Listen very carefully. So the the prophets, somewhere long before the cross, filled with the Holy Spirit, because they have now entered into the Spirit, and and the Spirit has entered into them, like what we read previously, they're looking at something. Okay, now listen to the question. Okay.
2: (coughs) So the prophets, searching what? or what manner of time the spirit of Messiah who was in them was indicating.
0: Okay, he's going to talk about the sufferings, the actual crucifixion. Why is it saying what, or what manner of time? What was confusing them? They wouldn't have asked this question if they were looking for it and said there would be a day on earth when Messiah would suffer. They're looking at this and they're going like, it's all around us, it's always there. (laughs) (laughs) or what manner of time it's not that they were trying to figure out when it would happen that's not the question here is the penny dropping Mm -hmm. okay
2: okay now next lot. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 so read verse 9 now we're reading verse 11 <coughs> but if the spirit of him who raised Yahushua from the dead dwells in you
0: ok, ok, take a moment
2: Romans chapter 8 verse 11
0: let the weight of this drop into if, you, if you're not feeling it, yeah I'm going to read verse
2: 9 to verse 11 in one go And then just don't focus on all the different elements, but focus on the Holy Spirit. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of Yahweh dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Messiah, he is not his. And if Messiah is in you... The body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Yahushua from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Messiah from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you.
0: Read the combination of Yahushua and Messiah again. Mm. Very important. Why is he saying it like this? Why is he not just saying, You raised Yahushua from the dead and will also raise you? Easy way. It could, why, why is he saying it twice? Because it's, it's got two meanings. He's to
2: differentiating. It. Let me read it again. But if the spirit of him who raised Yahushua from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Messiah from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies
0: This is why it's so important that we've veered away and moved away from the idea of Jesus Christ because that was just the anointed person and that was finished but Yahushua HaMashiach has a specific meaning Messiah representing him in eternity, the head and the body, and Yahushua representing the salvation of God in human form on earth.
2: The same, but also not.
0: No. No. Why is he clearly referring to the Holy Spirit's work when it comes to both? Both the temporal, physical identity of the Son of God and the eternal finished work identity of the Son of God. See what he's doing. Read it again.
2: But if the Spirit of Him who raised Yahushua from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Messiah from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you.
0: So take the Book of Life and all the names written in the Book of Life All those people that would live from Adam to the last saint that will perish on earth. All those that are um, going to meet the Lord in the air if they're still alive. Okay. All of that. The sum total of all those names written in the book of life before the foundation of the earth is laid. That representation of names, in reality. That's Messiah. That's Messiah. That's what Messiah represents. He's the head, we're the body. One person, one man. Now, he who raised Messiah, the Holy Spirit, will also give life to your mortal body. You're not yet feeling the weight of it drop right here. You can actually sense it. If it's the Holy Spirit, you sense it. Because that's what glory is. Glory is that weight of God. It drops right here and touches you on the inside. Then just open yourself more. Imagine for a moment you could go into a vision and meet with all your ancestors and all your future generations and all of them could give you a piece of good advice to live your life better from all the experiences from 6,000 years. Imagine you could meet with everyone, and everybody that comes after you. So all that you've done, the consequences that you're unaware of, that which, the consequence that it would have on your children and your grandchildren and their children, you, your mistakes, your successes. What if you could have a day where you could have a conversation with all of them? And your great-great-great-grandmother could say, I'm so sorry, you know what? You had all these problems because of something we did. Mm -hmm. And then you could meet with your great-grandchildren and they would say to you, you know that if you just sorted out that one thing in your life, we would have not been stuck in poverty. Imagine you could have that. Experience. Would it change your life? Mm-hmm. Will you think a little bit deeper when it, next time a person wants a Holy Spirit moment? See the potential. What what if we talk about? a Holy Spirit encounter, what would that really look like? It goes far beyond goosebumps doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) and people think when they had an encounter with God and they laughed and that was a full on Holy Spirit encounter it is but just because we didn't know how to fully experience the experience that's why (laughs) we ended up laughing because we didn't know what to do, what else to do does that make sense? okay so let's backtrack what have we determined to do, explain to us, what have we determined from these scriptures Is, was there more that we want to yes. do? okay read them
2: okay <coughs> so just to clarify what we just read um, Romans chapter 6, Colossians chapter 2, so where it talks about baptism, and in in Ephesians chapter 1, uh, it is confirmed that it's the Father who raised his son from the dead. Mm-hmm. So it speaks about the spirit of Him who raised Messiah or Joshua from the dead. We're obviously speaking about the spirit of the Father. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, next one, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm going to read from verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who are loving. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. So don't just think about the Holy Spirit is the spirit from the Father with the Father. It's His, His Spirit. Okay.
1: Okay.
0: Can we, can we just, I think, let's start to unpack it. I've okay. got a feeling we're going to do too
2: much. Okay. Uh, One more. Okay, there are more scriptures. Okay, I'm just going to, I'll finish with this one, because this, kind of. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one.
0: Okay. So, systematically, just quickly. We know that uh Son of God says He does nothing that He doesn't see the Father do. He says nothing that the Father hasn't given Him to say. But then we also understand that God the Father is the eternal Mm -hmm. Yahweh, who begot the Son. Now there we clearly have biblical grounds for a relationship between the Father and the Son. Right. the only relational references we have for the Holy Spirit is the fact that it says that He won't speak on His own authority.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we know that relationally whatever we're going to, whatever answer we or conclusion we're going to arrive at when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we know that He is submitted to both the father and the son but now we've seen that he is the father and the son so then it becomes very uh, easy to understand that he's submitted to okay now that sounds logical okay but if he's the father and he is the son then it, and he's submitted to the authority then it makes sense <clears throat> okay until you look at yourself again how often are you submitted to your own authority uh, we Now, most, most of us have a problem, right? Because, okay, did anybody have experiences before where you don't do what you said you were going to do or decided or wanted to do? Mm-hmm. Yep. <clears throat> have you ever said things that afterwards you think, That wasn't me. (laughs) That's not what I wanted to say. (laughs) Now can we just for a moment say hallelujah that God doesn't have that problem.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's salvation.
0: So the Spirit is the Son and is the Father. But the perfection That is communicated by the Holy Spirit, via the Holy Spirit to us. He will not say anything on his own authority, do anything. The Son would never do anything other than the will of the Father. Now, we can't even achieve that within ourselves. Okay. So, every day when I say, Today I'm not going to have any sweets, it's a lie. (laughs)
2: <laughs>
0: yet I say it it's going to be true one day
2: do you really say it though? Or do you kind of think it but then no
0: I'm having a dispute with myself disagreement a continual disagreement see that's our problem as human beings me and myself we're in a continual uh, debate with each other continually disagreeing it's only when I'm in the spirit that I seem to agree with myself. See, see what we're looking at. What are we looking at? So now we're going to start to connect the fact that the promise made to Abraham, the promise that the father says he'll ask, the, f- uh, the son says he'll ask the father, and the father will send the promise. What is that promise? We're trying to see how to relate to the Holy Spirit correctly. So, the anchor of our hope, that great relationship between the Father and the Son, the covenantal relationship. So the covenantal relationship is agreement. A hundred percent solid agreement, one that's never been broken. Right, okay. What was that agreement? You have the Father... We said before that grace is God via the Holy Spirit bringing to the individual son or daughter believer on earth the fullness of God's finished work. So you have the Father and the Son in absolute, one has an agreement with each other regarding their will, their works and it is finished so that they cut covenant with each other make an agreement an unbreakable vow unbreakable vow sure. And the father the son will ask the father and he will send you the problem. was that agreement? What was that what was the conclusion of what they discussed and then decided? What we know as the glory cloud or what we know as New Jerusalem, (laughs) Book of Life, the finished work, okay, so when Yahushua says the Father will send you the promise, go and wait, they were in an upper room, in one accord, small little picture, 120 one accord, perfect mirror image of the one accord Mm -hmm. and the two could connect, and finally became one, kingdom, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, that's what it means, So what He sends, what He gave you if you've received the Holy Spirit, is when you went into the baptism water, you were baptized into Messiah. Messiah is the sum total, the conclusion, the entire volume of all things when it's done. And because it is the Spirit of the Father and the Son. When all that He would save is saved then we have the Holy Spirit. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: The Holy Spirit devotes Himself in the days where Yahushua gave left His glory and became man. The Holy Spirit for the lifetime of Yahushua devotes Himself completely, 100% in totality, to strengthening, helping, and ministering to the Son of Man. What is He anointed with? The Holy Spirit, in the days of Yahushua, ministers to Yahushua. he's a man. All that he does, he does by the Holy Spirit. All that Yahushua does when he's a man is done by the ministering of the Holy Spirit unto Yahushua and Yahushua and the Spirit ministering unto man. Revealing the Father. So when Yahushua comes out of the water, what comes down on Him? When Yahushua comes out of the water what is coming down on him as a dog? Abraham, Moses, Noah um, Abel King David Not yeah Paul out of the future. <laughs> and JP and Liani see the Holy Spirit ministers unto the Lord and the Holy Spirit ministers unto us Why do we put so much emphasis on the body? On the bride. So who is the three persons of the Godhead? God, the Father, Yahushua and Me. That's the three Persons of the Godhead. The reason we have to understand these things is because it changes everything for us, right here, right now. The more we start to walk into it, the more we are enabled to change. How was the Lord going to perfect His Bride? By helping us understand these things because it's been taken away from... The Bride doesn't know who she is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: See why... Okay. So if you've received the Holy Spirit then you've received the faith of Abraham, does the Bible say that? but do you understand how we've received the faith of Abraham? because the Holy Spirit is everything All every day of Abraham's life, every faithful moment is in the Holy Spirit, perpetually the friend of God, King David in the Holy Spirit, it is the Holy Spirit and He gives that to you. We don't have to look for any individual favor or part in our relationship with the Lord.
1: In fact we shouldn't.
0: We shouldn't. Okay, so when we say the Lord loves us, what is that? That is way more than we could ever... He gave us everything. He gave us every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Messiah. Entire inheritance in Messiah. What does He say to Messiah? I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. Okay, so, just an understanding of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the Father and is the Son, but... Where's the one place where we find the Father and the Son in their individual manifestations Where's the one place where we find them both in one? On the least likely, in the least likely place on Earth The one place I wouldn't go look In you Does the whole concept of you, the kingdom of heaven being in you, does it, is it starting to make sense? See, when I just imagined the kingdom of heaven in me, without understanding this, it didn't make any sense. The Bible said it, but I mean, what do I do with that? So what was poured out on the day of Pentecost? if this is true then we cannot look at the Holy Spirit in the same way that the Christian Church has looked at Him in the Old Testament that's why outside of time becomes so extremely important eternity mindset becomes so important because see to have the to have the Holy Spirit indicating to the Prophets the sufferings of Messiah, the Holy Spirit that was in them, to have that we have to be part of the substance, the total that is ministering to Ezekiel. Do you know that you ministered to Ezekiel? See the implication of it, it changes witness, it changes testimony, it changes faithfulness, it changes... even, even, uh, that's why we begin with faith, being New Jerusalem. See, faith then is no longer just New Jerusalem, it is, faith is the substance. See... This is the most important part of the Gospel. That's why the Lord prays the prayer that He prays before His glorification. His declaring the Gospel. And this is the entire picture that we have looked at today is absolutely lost to the Church. They might subconsciously, in their spirits, they might have it. That's the wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit, grace is, no matter if they know it cognitively you'll it give it to them in substance, but people can't access the fullness of it if we, we, it's not translated for them and it becomes cognitive. So, when I started off with the first steps of discipling you, it was theory, it was a hope, It it was a vision, there was no reason, there was no manifestation on earth that I could point to or look at to say that it could be done. The things that you now hear, and it sounds familiar and you go, well, it makes sense, All those things seemed absolutely impossible to convince people of. I didn't even, I I wasn't, the Lord was telling me to do it, I wasn't sure if it could be done. Now, just so you understand what happened in this moment, okay, so now that we understand the Holy Spirit substance in you, you you are in the Spirit, the Spirit's in you, (coughs) If we grasp what we just taught today and we move into uh, even give the beginning steps of walking in that, what's that going to do? See, if we believe this and we walk into it, Uh, the days of Elijah is back, it's as simple as that. Okay, for a moment, Father only by your Spirit can we manifest this thing. See, do you understand why 3,000 people could be cut to the heart and get saved on the day of Pentecost? What, what was that place that Peter was standing in at that moment? Do you understand when, when Peter got up he was filled with Abraham and Moses and King David and Ezekiel and Elijah and the Lord Yahushua, and the whole end time church. He was, no wonder when He spoke, things happened. Why did humanity choose to forget this? Because most people don't have the willingness or the courage to walk in that. If this is true do do we understand the enormous responsibility and weight that comes upon our lives and so we have ushered in today the new season of impossibility where do we go from where do we go from here
2: Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. The second part of the sentence in verse 13 starts with In whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. We're going to take this back to Galatians now again. He was sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. So in the days when our inheritance was that which God had prepared for our individual lives and our individual persons, then this would already have been quite magnificent. But if we understand that our inheritance is Messiah, and Messiah is all of us, all of those who will ever be part of him, then this also again changes and confirms what we've been saying about the Holy Spirit. Because it says that the Holy Spirit of promise is the seal and the guarantee of the inheritance. The Holy Spirit of promise is the guarantee. And then if we go back to Galatians and it says that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Best is to do this backwards. So it says that God gave to Abraham the inheritance by promise. God gave the inheritance to Abraham by promise and then from verse 14 to verse 16 we see that the promise is nothing other than the Holy Spirit and the promise was made to Messiah. Now don't think of promise as the father just speaking words to Abraham or Yahweh just speaking words to him and saying, Abraham I promise. What if the promise is the Holy Spirit? And this is what the Father, this is what God gave to Abraham. So he didn't just make a promise, he gave him the Holy Spirit as the guarantee of his inheritance. And this is what his faith was based on. But then this promise, which is the Holy Spirit, was not just made to Abraham, it was made to the seed. And the seed. Is Messiah who is in this world Yahushua walking on earth but Messiah is so much more than that because it is the body where he is the head which means that the promise was not just made the Holy Spirit was not just given to Abraham the promise which is the Holy Spirit was given to all of us as the guarantee of our inheritance and our inheritance was given to us by promise So, we were all given to each other by the Holy Spirit.
0: Okay, is it making sense? Okay, if this is true, this is true, then whatever the Holy Spirit does is increasing, or whatever the evil spirits does, whatever the enemy does, is increasingly losing its power and its effectiveness. We were more vulnerable before we moved into the fullness of this knowledge. Because, look, even if he tries to attack more, He's losing His power over, over us increasingly.
2: Because every moment I walk into, I'm not alone. I have Paul with me. I have King David with me. I have Abraham with me. and I have Yahushua with me. They're all with I'm never. I'm never alone. I never don't have the answers because whatever I don't know, Paul probably wrote.
0: <laughs> so in my flesh, while I'm sitting here still, un- Uh, not yet being freed from the flesh I still have vulnerability and fallibility yes but put that into the entire mix with all the others that no longer have their fallibility no longer have their vulnerability they, what, what, you have the essence of all that was godly in Abraham without the fallibility that's fallen away you have all of that together and then you put my little fallibility in it disappears Mm -hmm. my vulnerability basically disappears Mm
1: -hmm.
0: as long as i understand that after i've got to learn to to live according to that reality that's what where i behold that's where i see that's where, where from where i understand that's wisdom and that means that Satan's gonna, he's, he's still able to use the people around that's not in this and they can make a lot of noise and they can do things, but can it really touch me? See, so that's, that's, that's what covenant is supposed to do. That's why we, we when we look at Covenant just um, academically and we go, well Covenant of Shalom Covenant of peace is supposed to give to promise soundness health, wholeness, protection, enemies defeated. when we just look at it in isolation it's a great promise, but this is the way that we come into that mm-hmm. that's why we started off by combining covenant, grace, holy spirit okay now we can quickly um the, 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 do not uh, quench those, no. do listen to this. This is where, this is, this is where this really becomes absolutely important. is because, okay, the, okay, if this is true, and what I have been baptized, what I've been filled in, is the faith of Abraham, the courage of King David, the revelation that Ezekiel, Isaiah and Jeremiah had of God. The prophetic witness of Jonah the anointed strength of Samson these are, this is what in essence I've been Baptized into and have been poured out on me. If this is true, if this is true, what am I doing when I go, uh, I'm feeling depressed. It's too difficult for me today. You see, this is why we've still been vulnerable to this, because we, we, it takes a, a long time for us to get into a place where we can start understanding who we are and where we position. Now the moment business says it's just too hard for me, I can't, can't do this. What are we actually doing? Listen to this.
2: And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30.
0: Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Now, when we just had some idea of the Holy Spirit is just a person of God and kind of a helper inside of me but not really part of me or any connection to the part of the whole, then we actually had no chance of not grieving the Holy Spirit. But now that we have, what have we been sealed by? We've been put in the circle of grace, included inside with all the saints and not only that we have become one with them it is therefore literally literally impossible not to have faith There's no excuse for not having wisdom. No excuse. Yes, in reality we are still growing, we're still learning. The Lord is still leading us in a road. Read that scripture again.
2: And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption
0: what's the other scripture?
2: 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 19 says do not quench the spirit
0: do not quench the spirit let's let's cast some light on that scripture do not quench the spirit you know what quenching the spirit actually is? is Believing in anything else, anything else, but the finished work of God and outside of time with eternity mindset, that's what's quenching the Holy Spirit. When we revert back to an an idea of individualism, me, believing in God, and I'm looking for Him to work with me, bless with me, that is quenching the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will always work according to the whole.
2: And is the whole. And He
0: is the whole. That's it.
2: So grieving the Holy Spirit also changes, because generally the idea could be if the Holy Spirit is the helper, the third person of the triune of God, the Godhead, then grieving the Holy Spirit would just don't make him sad, you know, don't resist his will, don't do things that's going to upset him. So live righteously, you know, walk out faith. We don't want to upset him but if he's no longer an I- individual person mm. and he is the whole then grieving him we lose the idea of saddening him upsetting him in some way it becomes the same concept as quenching quenching him it becomes resisting conformity resisting becoming part of the whole resisting him bringing you into the whole resisting Him, manifesting the whole in your life, in your person, in your day, in your thoughts.
0: Imagine waking up in the morning and you are surrounded by every redeemed made holy, sanctified, spirit-filled believer there to encourage you and to walk with you.
2: Welcome to the best day of your life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I I don't feel like you guys today. I'm just gonna
2: Bye. Thanks for coming, but let's try tomorrow.
0: <laughs> you see, what we do is we go like, yeah, but you guys don't understand. My life is really hard.
2: <laughs> wow. And then it's like, great.
0: And, and, I don't know, you guys think you can encourage me? Forget it. My problem is big, too big for that.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Sons of Korah is going <laughs> like, have you not met us, Brede?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Daniel's probably like, yeah, it's, yeah.
0: Yeah, Daniel's going like, and these friends, they're going like, you think yeah. you've been through some
2: stuff. Heated, heated moments in your life is there. <laughs>
1: Fiery.
0: Do you guys see what I'm saying? All these apostles died for the faith. Don't try and get any sympathy from them. Okay. Natural picture of actually, of this, and then we're going to close, I know we're going along to that. So, originally, the first generations of man, they lived, they were gonna, they, they did live more than 900 years and, and so. So, you see, the picture is that grandfather could sit together with these great-grandchildren and they were mature, wise, Old elders. <laughs> all of them could sit together as from generation to generation and they could all walk in the knowledge of God. This is just the beginning of the Bible picture of the whole assembly. Wow. Nothing's changed, it's still the same story. Okay, so faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And that is the whole assembly in the finished work of God. And here we're sitting in 2020 and all those things are true for us right now.
1: It's called the Holy Spirit. Amen.